Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm excited to see what we can do up in Green Bay and hopefully come up with a duck. Fields, flings, back corner, more! Touchdown, Bears! There There is Fields in his legs. Dances outside. Touchdown, Justin Fields! The WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. When you go through adversity, when you go through hard, it battle-tested you. It makes you feel more appreciative of what you're doing right now. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into episode 81 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell, and a big, big weekend for the Chicago Bears with big questions looming following the Bears-Packers game Sunday afternoon at Lambeau. Joining me once again on the podcast is Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. And Matt, let's get right into it. Your thoughts on Justin Fields, what the Bears should do with the top overall pick, and and how much do you think this game factors in to those big-picture questions for the Bears at the quarterback spot? It doesn't. I'd trade Justin Fields tomorrow. That's what I would do. I mean, I look, I, I think Justin Fields is talented. I think that he has upside. I also think that the reality is he is hard-pressed to be a top five to eight quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I just don't – I don't know that that's going to happen. Now, could you rule it out? Of course not. But the other side of this, too, is the financial picture. He's eligible for an extension after this year. Now, let's say he doesn't get an extension after this year. Okay, fine. Um at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Like, are you going to pay him? And, and you got to factor until, let's say, it's in a year or two from now, and the cost goes up. You're, you're talking what? I mean, $45, 50000000 bucks a year? Are you going to pay Justin Fields, let's say, five years, $250 million, guarantee a buck seventy-five of that? Because if you're not, then this isn't even a question. And I don't know that anybody would be really comfortable saying, yeah, I feel good about that contract right now for Justin Fields. So if I'm the Bears, I would trade him. I'd try to get a first-round pick. I'd live with it if I got a top-50 pick. Um, and I would take Caleb Williams or Drake May. Whoever they like better, whoever they think fits their scheme better, that's fine. I'm fine with that either way. But, like, you reset the financial clock. You get a guy who you think is going to be an upper-echelon elite quarterback, and you pick up another pick. I mean, I, I get the argument the other way of, hey, if you trade Williams or you trade the pick that could be Williams or May, you're going to get three first rounds. I get all that. They already have a ton of draft picks. And if you can draft that, like if they pass on Williams, and let's say they trade the pick to, let's, yeah, whatever, they, they, they trade the pick to New England, and he goes and becomes a Hall of Famer, and Justin Fields becomes a good player and nothing more, that's going to go right up there next to the whole Trubisky fiasco. So I, I would take the quarterback. This is why I wanted to talk to you, Matt, because I, I know you, you cover the entire NFL, but you are locally based and, and you know the Bears. So yep. I, I knew I would get a good perspective from you because here in Chicago, everybody's got an opinion on it. And after last week's game, which Justin Fields was very good against Atlanta, a pretty decent mm-hmm. defense that the Falcons have, um, he was throwing some yep. dimes on the field. And that's kind of performance we've been waiting to see out of Fields consistently. I mean, we've seen flashes of it, but... You know, everybody talks about the the NFL window and throwing into tight windows and things like that. We haven't seen a ton of it from Justin Fields. We haven't. I don't, I don't think anybody can argue against that. I think 
here locally, it's it's after that game against the Falcons, they were chanting, we want Fields, we want Justin at Soldier Field after that victory. So I think locally what happens, too, is I think so many Bears fans want him to work out. Like, they want this pick to have succeeded. They want Justin Fields to be the guy so bad. You know, because we've never had one here in Chicago, like the franchise quarterback. So sometimes maybe opinions can be a little skewed there, right? Like, the fandom part of it, we want Justin Fields to succeed. Many make the case that there's still pieces you need to add around him. But but you are all in on, on dealing fields and drafting a quarterback number one. Despite, I mean, Matt, think about what they can get trading that top overall pick. A lot. Yep. I mean, think of what they got last year, and that was for Bryce Young. We're talking about Caleb Williams here. Yep, I get it. But if that kid turns out to be a Hall of Famer, which I understand, Listen, if you're talking about first-round quarterbacks, you're talking about, historically speaking, about a 40% hit rate. Now, if you start talking about guys in the top three, you have a better hit rate than 40. It's a little bit better than 50. I understand they could just whip. And by the way, I think that's part of this, a Bears fans, is that fear of like, oh, God, what if we miss again? Right. What if it's the same? I get it. But to me, that's even worse. Like, to not even try... I'm sorry. I like Justin Fields. Nobody can make the argument to me that he looks like at any point in his career, he is going to be a top five to eight quarterback in the NFL. I mean, there's just no argument for that. There is no data that backs up the idea that he is ever going to be that level of player. You want to argue he can make a Pro Bowl? Yeah, sure. I, it, not, and I'm not talking about an eighth alternate, <laughs> like an actual Pro yeah. Bowl. Sure. Fine. But do you look at him and Honestly, see a guy who's going to throw for 4,600 yards and 35 touchdowns some year? Like, probably not. No. And if you draft Caleb Williams and he becomes that, you're rolling. You're in business. You're a championship caliber football team. I mean, look, I get it. You could trade out and get all those picks. And you know what? Cleveland did that years ago. And Atlanta traded up. They took Julio Jones. And the Browns are like, what a bunch of fools. Look at all the picks we got. And those picks ended up being you, me, and a ham sandwich. Like, I understand the idea of, hey, we get all these picks. And there's nothing wrong with that. You might turn that into a huge group of players who are really good. The Herschel Walker trade comes to mind. That, that can happen. But to me, in the NFL today, if you don't have a top-tier quarterback, you're in deep trouble, unless you are just the rare air situation like the Niners, where you basically have an all-star team and Purdy just has to go out there and not screw it up. Okay, fine. But at some point, he's going to have to get paid. And then that all-star team's going poof, and it's gone. And if he's not really good, they're, they're sunk. So if I'm the Bears, I get the arguments both ways. I would trade fields for as high of a pick as I could get. I would draft that quarterback and say, if this kid's who we think he's going to be, we're contenders for 15 years. Right. Right. And I think one of the conversations, too, that's being had is, you know, it's, it feels like an ascending team, especially if they beat the it Packers at, at Lambeau and, and, you know, play a part in ending the Packers season. You go into an offseason, and especially if Justin Fields plays well, the vibes are high. Like, you're feeling good. Uh, and I think some people are like, all right, well, you have an ascending team. You draft a rookie quarterback that definitely opens up the possibility of taking a big step back if the rookie struggles. And it's a fair point. Like, I understand. Let's say they win. They go 8-9. and nine. Even if they don't win, 7-10, and 10, that's a hell of a lot better than 3-14. and 14. And you also have the factor they were a tire fire the first month of the year. Yep. So, absolutely. Like, that is a, 
a valid argument. My argument to that would be, what is the ceiling, though, with this team with Justin Fields? Now, maybe some people say, hey, I think the ceiling is that he could become a great quarterback and they can go to the Super Bowl. Okay. And if you truly feel that way, then sure, then keep him. But if the ceiling is maybe a good team, never really going to be a great team. Like, I look in the AFC right now because that's where most of the young quarterbacks are. And I look at the Mahomeses and the Burroughs and the Allens. And if you want to throw in Trevor Lawrence or Herbert, you can. Or this year, hey, Lamar. don't forget this year's MVP, Lamar Jackson. That's right. I mean, I, so that's a half dozen guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you have no chance in that conference. No shot. If you don't have, and too, by, I should also mention CJ Stroud, by the way. Like, yeah. you have no shot. That's why, like, for an example, like, I look at the Dolphins with Tua. And I'm not saying Tua and Justin Fields are the same player, but I think, like, I look at Tua and I say, he's a good quarterback. He's fine. And when they go to Arrowhead next week, if that's where they go, they're losing because they're not good enough. They don't have a quarterback who's good enough to go in there and win that football game. And now there's other reasons I don't be to win that game either. But, like, this weekend against Buffalo, maybe because they're at home and they're a totally different team at home this year, maybe they find a way to win. But, like, do you really look at him and go, yeah, I think he's going to go beat Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar Jackson in three straight games in the playoffs? Right. Probably not. They're probably going home. Like, and that's, they're going to have to make a decision this offseason. You're going to pay him $50 million a year? Because if you do, he's your guy. And now, like, that, that team's going to get worse around him as years go on because you don't have the cap space. And that guy's going to elevate everybody. I mean, Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year with Juju Smith-Schuster as his number one receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster's persona non grata in New England this year. And it didn't matter because it had Mahomes. Like, Mahomes turned the guy into a 1,000-yard receiver. So I, I think that's why I look at the Bears and go, unless you think Fields is going to get to a level of like, hey, I'm as good as anybody in the NFC, I think you draft the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, I've I've been all over the place with this, Matt, where I'm like, I've you know, okay, Justin could probably be the guy. Think of the haul they can get for the first pick. And then I'm like, all right, well, think about Caleb Williams, the cost control, all those sorts of things, the upside of Caleb Williams. I, I've also recently talked myself into go all in if you're the Bears, and I don't anticipate this happening, Matt, but if if if, if things are different with Kevin Warren and things maybe are different at Hallis Hall, go all in and get Jim Harbaugh and pair him with Caleb Williams. You know, I, I don't see yeah. that. I don't see that happening. But that would be a little bit different than saying, "Okay, we made progress. It's a four to five win improvement. Let's roll it back next year." And then what? There you go. What ten and seven next year, and they maybe win a playoff game. Like uh, to your point, and again, this is why I wanted to talk to you. I I think when I I watch other teams around the league that have elite quarterback play. That's a if, if you're a Bears fan, you got to watch those games and really ask yourself: Do you, do you do you see Justin Fields being that quarterback? I mean, look, Justin Fields, Jordan Love's thrown for 3,800 yards this year, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions for the Packers. Right. You know, Justin right. Fields throughout his career's average, what, 170 yards passing through the air? And I know those numbers might be skewed a little bit. Last year was a disaster and all of that, and he's played much better as of late. I think there has been some real progress on the back end of the season. But if, if, to your point, if we're talking about elite quarterback play, and you want to be competitive, and Bears fans want to dream about the idea of having a, a, a contender for 10 to 15 years with a franchise quarterback, that's the question you got to ask. Is Justin Fields really that guy? Now, Matt, if Sunday, if if Justin really plays like the best player on the field, and and even, even against the Atlanta game, there are some lulls in this Bears offense. You know, there just seems to be yep. moments where you just don't see it consistently, 
And whether some want to blame Luke Getze or others point to whatever, um, and it, it happens with a lot of offenses. I, I just um, sure. Yeah, I've I've kind of been all over over the place with this, and I think uh, everybody has a strong opinion on what they should do with that top pick in Justin Fields. I just think at some point you have to just deal in reality. I mean, for people who don't know, anybody who knows me, I'm sure is very well aware of this. I grew up a Chiefs fan, and I I watched them have quarterbacks for years that you just sat there and talked yourself into, and then you got in the playoffs, and you're like, yeah, this guy's not good enough. Like, oh, <laughs> right. I mean, it's just that was reality. I I, I listen. I will always, from a fandom perspective, appreciate and respect Alex Smith. He brought stability to that team when they were a disaster for a large chunk of my life. And Alex Smith would get them to 10-11 wins, 12 wins in the regular season, and he'd play well. And he'd get in the playoffs, and they'd go to Foxborough. And you just knew, you're like, they're not winning this game. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Like, Brady's making three or four throws Alex Smith isn't even dreaming of making. This game's over. You know, they'd lose to Roethlisberger. They'd lose to Luck. They'd lose to Manning. You just knew. You knew. You, you know, you didn't want to admit it to yourself because, like, that's kind of fandom. But you're like, we're not winning. I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan. Okay, the Bulls used to kill me every year in the '90s as a kid, and the Knicks would come and the Knicks would take them to seven. They, you know, you had Ewing, and every time you got to the sixth or seventh game, you're like, yeah, they don't have 23, so they're going to lose. Yeah, they're just going to lose. Yeah. That guy's going to awesome. kill us one way or the other. You know, and. You knew it. Like, as a Knicks fan, you're like, we can beat the Pacers. We can beat Miami. We can't beat them. We're going to lose. Like, it's – I just think if you're the Bears and you have an opportunity, if they believe that Williams or May is a rare air, hey, this kid is a plug-and-play elite starter, if you don't take that kid and you trade that pick, let's say you trade it to the Giants, and he goes there, and he's a first battle Hall of Famer, and you're sitting there going ten and seven every year. You're going to be like, "Whoa, my God, why again?" I just think at some point you got to kind of go for it. You got to go for that brass ring when it's there. And how often are they going to have the number one overall pick? Mm-hmm. How many years is that going to happen? I, right? I mean, yeah, and I, rarely. I, and and I've brought rarely. I've brought this up as much as a difficult decision this might be for the Bears front office and for Ryan Poles. It is an amazing position to be in if you're the Chicago Bears. Now, obviously, you would love to have yes. no no doubt at your quarterback right now, and Fields had proved to everybody that he is the guy, and then you can do whatever you want with that top pick and all of that. But this is a new GM who has, has the first pick in back-to-back years. This does not happen, folks. This is a very good position for the Bears to be in. Oh, it's, it's an incredible position. And I think you know, it's funny, too, like, you look at last year's draft, right? So the Bears made the right decision, and they traded that pick. They got out of it. They they end up getting a, a really nice haul, plus DJ Moore, who's been excellent. And so if you're the Bears, you make that trade 100 times out of 100, not even knowing that Bryce Young was going to have one of the worst rookie seasons we've seen in 20 years. Now, part of that is Bryce Young. Part of that is the Panthers are not even an NFL team. Okay. But I look at the next team. Houston, who drafted Stroud. Now, I'm not getting on the Bears for not taking Stroud. A lot, there are mixed opinions on him. He's ended up being the absolute best-case scenario, and that's fine. But I look at the Texans. The Texans then traded back up in the first round and took Will Anderson. And there are so many people covering the league and a lot of analytics people who are like, they're, they're out of their minds. That's crazy. Why would you do that? They gave up next year. First, oh, that's, they're so dumb. That pick's going to be such a high pick. How's that looking right about now? They're really they're a good team. They might make the playoffs tonight. Stroud looks like a like a guy who's going to make ten Pro Bowls, and Will Anderson's already one of the best edge rushers in the AFC. 
Like I just, and my point is, I think sometimes you got to look at your situation and just say, you know what, we're making a big move. And if we're wrong, we're all fired. That's it. Like let's just deal in reality. If we're wrong, we're all fired. And if we stick with Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus, by the way, I think they should keep Eberflus. If they if they stick with that, maybe they're all employed for two or three more years at the least. Maybe maybe it works out and it's great. But you're in this thing to win the Super Bowl. Like you're not in this thing to go beat New Orleans in a wild card game. You're in it to win. And so to me, like, if you think Caleb Williams or Drake May is that kind of a player, it is no disrespect to Justin Fields. But you move on because you're getting a player of that kind of a caliber. I mean, we could talk about halls all day long. If, if you were the Chargers right now, if Herbert, who I think is a top five, six quarterback in the league, yeah, they could trade him and get a haul for him. Who cares? Like, you'd rather have Herbert. I mean, how many picks would it take to get Josh Allen? Five first-round picks? You know, I think at some point that quarterback trumps all that stuff because in this league, in this day and age, that position means more than everything else. Yeah. Uh, so you think they should keep Matt Eberflus? I do. I think he's done – look, if you had asked me this after 0-4, I would have said, my God, they should fire him tonight. Um, he said that's a hard, hard, hard – hard position to come back from. I mean, that team at 0-4, if if memory serves, I believe the fourth loss was that game against Denver where they just completely fell apart. That's a a moment where, like, you lose the team. I mean, that's one of those things. that you go to Kansas City, you get embarrassed there. You come home. You're playing an awful Denver team at the time. You get way up. Everything looks great. You blow that game. That's one of those, like, okay, we're going to quit now. And we're going to go 2-15. and 15. I mean, that's, that's what you saw from the Chargers this year, who at the back half of the year, I mean, Stanley just couldn't even get the try. It was over. I give Iberflus a ton of credit for turning that around. I mean, since that game, they're 7-5. and five. Like, that's, that's real progress. And they, they really, like, they should have swept Detroit. I mean, you, like, you could argue, you know, for them, that they, they really have made a lot of strides and I think Eberflus has done a nice job. Like, I, I don't know that you can look at them. Well, last year they were a disaster, but you knew they were going to be bad last year. They come in this year with a lot of new pieces, trying to figure it out. Now, you could argue that, hey, maybe it's time to move on from Luke Getze. You can make that argument. And you could say, well, would Eberflus do that? I don't know. But I think Eberflus, after the year he's put together, the back half of it, I do. I think like that shows me that those guys believe in him because there's no way in hell that team goes seven and five over the last twelve if they don't. Yeah, and look, they had three blown fourth quarter leads this year. You talk about the Denver game, you had the the, the Detroit game they blew with like four minutes to go, yep. and they went four and five after that. One of them was a blown lead to the Browns. So you think about those three blown leads and what this season could have been. But they are where they are. That's what their record is. Now I would say this, Matt, that if they are going to draft Caleb Williams. And I agree with everything you just said about Matt Eberflus. Let's not forget they had two coaches leave. One was fired, another left, too. He had to take over defensive play-calling duties. I think he has done a solid job uh, keeping things together at Hallis Hall when it was a real disaster there in the early part of the season. If you're going to draft Caleb Williams, go all in and get a coaching staff and a head coach that you can sync up with him long-term. Because, like, what are you going to do? You're going to bring in Caleb Williams... And let's say it is Luke Getze, which I know most Bears fans probably don't want to hear. And let's say right. Caleb Williams has success in his first season. 
that offensive coordinator immediately becomes a hot commodity for to to become a head coach the next season, right? Like you, Andy Reid's an offensive guy, right? And and like I think they have to build some continuity when it comes to building around a young quarterback. So I agree that Matt Eberflus has done a good job. I think I've said if they're going to draft Caleb Williams, then then go big and bring in a coaching staff, a new coaching staff that you can sync up with Caleb Williams and build continuity and have a steady quarterback room long-term. Because if you draft Caleb Williams and you roll back your coaching staff, it's a very similar situation like they had with Trubisky, right? Like you, if, if, if things don't go well next year and Ibrufus is gone and the offensive coordinator is gone, then you're bringing in a whole new staff and then Caleb's got to recycle the second year. We've been through this in Chicago. I just want to see the, the president, the GM, the coach, and the quarterback kind of all synced up and on the same page. That's totally fair. I, I, I really I can't argue that. Like, if you wanted to do that because of that, completely reasonable. Um, I, I, would, I would sit there and I, I would fly out if I was on a ship. I would tell Matt Eberflus, listen, we want you to be our head coach. We are not bringing back Matt Get- uh, Luke Etsy. And if, and if you're going to bring back Luke Etsy, then you're not going to be head coach here. So you let us know what you want to do. you got 48 hours to think it over. I mean, I, that's what I would do. Yeah, I, I, and I would go out and – what? I, I do think that this Packers game – I, I, and maybe they've made up their mind about everybody and what they're going to do, but I, I'm i not saying this is determining the future of Justin Fields and it's one game or Matt Eberflus, but I really do think, Matt, I mean, the rivalry here, the Packers have beat up on the Bears forever, yeah. and the Bears have some momentum. I really do feel like there is a, a lot riding on this game for the Bears when it comes to long-term stuff. I mean, if they fall flat and look like they did against the Packers in Week 1, who, who knows what's coming at Hallis Hall? You know what? I, you're probably right. I don't think anything should be riding on one game. You're right. Like, that's reality. It's, it's not, but it's, more of a, but it's more of a wake-up call. I would put it that way. Like, okay, things are going good. They haven't really beat a bunch of good teams, like, really at all. Let's beat Green right. Bay. And let's not, let's, not, let's not put it all onto one game and determining the long-term future of the team. But I'm telling you, Matt, it's just different with this rivalry. I think there is a lot that goes into, into this game. I really do. No. Listen, I mean, it wouldn't be the first organization that's looked at a game and gone, hey, this means a ton, you know, even though maybe in the standings it doesn't. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of truth, and I get it. I mean, I, I think, like, if you're, if you're the Bears, I would keep Eberflus, but I would tell him, you're not bringing back Etsy. No. You're not. And if you want to bring him back, then you're fired. That's it. Like I, and we're going to bring in an, an experienced offensive coordinator. We're not bringing in some guy who's an unproven quarterback's coach. Like, I always laugh when these guys get – promoted. It's like, oh, well, he was a really good quarterback's coach. Well, why is he a really good quarterback's coach? Well, he worked with Mahomes. I mean, all right. (laughs) What? I mean, that doesn't mean he's a really good coach. That means he stood there. I mean, that that doesn't mean, you know, Sam Weiss used to be the the quarterback's coach when when Joe Montana broke out the 49ers. He had a great line. He said, you know, I was a great quarterback's coach. You know what I did? I I took two big steps back and folded my arms. That's what I did. Yeah, and I just got the hell out of his way. <laughs> like, I mean, so I, I think if I'm like if I'm the Bears, I want a guy who's got some experience as an offensive coordinator, some guy who has called plays, who's had success calling plays, somebody who you feel like, hey, look, that that guy's run the offense, and we want to run with Williams. I mean, that's to me a prerequisite with Eberflus staying. If he's not willing to do that, and he says, well, no, Luke's my guy. Okay, fine. Then you guys can go pair up somewhere else. Um. Because I agree with you, like, you cannot have Getsy calling the plays again 
and you're running screen after screen after screen after screen with Caleb Boyd. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you just can't do that. Now, maybe he feels like that's the best mode of operandi with, with Fields, and if they had Williams, they'd play totally differently. But uh, I agree with you. If they won't change up the offensive staff, uh, I would have major reservations. What does uh, what do Chiefs fans think of Matt Nagy? You know how Bears fans feel about him here, but uh, not great. Yeah, it's not, not great. I mean, I, I have is a he still calling? Pl- is he they... still calling plays? No, no, he's not. No. Okay, I mean, that, dude, this is kind of the thing, right? Like, I get I get stuff from fans all the time in Kansas City who say to me, "Matt Nagy's the difference, and he's the problem." And the last time Matt Nagy was in Kansas City it was the last year that this offense couldn't do anything, and there's truth in that. But my argument to that is, Matt Nagy's not calling the plays on this team. He's not figuring out what personnel is going out in the field. I mean, Marcus Valdez-Scantling at this point is basically collecting checks with, with a ski mask on at this point. I mean, it's, I've never seen a guy do more wind sprints in my life. And they just trot him out there for 60 <laughs> plays every game. And like, then fans will scream about Matt Nagy. And you're like, that's not Matt Nagy. Like, Andy Reid is deciding who goes out there. Um my biggest thing with Nagy that I think is fair, that I think is right, because I don't think it's fair to blame him for the receivers. I don't think it's fair to blame him for the play calling. What is fair to blame him for? I cannot remember a team, like a good team, not not like some team that went 2 and 15. I can't remember a good team that is less prepared every week to play football. They have no idea what they're doing on offense. Now, it actually changes against Cincinnati. I don't know if that was a one-off or maybe some kind of uh, change that'll stick. But they come out of the huddle with eight seconds on the clock, and they have no idea where to line up. And they take mindless pre-snap penalties because they're, they're both on the line of scrimmage and they're covering the tackle. And they, it's, It happens ad nauseum every single week, and Mahomes just screams at everybody for four quarters because they don't know what they're doing. That I blame Nagy for. Like the, 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 just the inability to prepare every week, that's on Matt Nagy. And in most Chiefs fans, if they could, they'd fire him today, and they would replace him with Bienemy. Which, by the way, if Bienemy goes gets out of Washington, she's going to. That's actually a really interesting scenario. Like he could technically go to Kansas City for the playoffs, and they're not. There's more than a few people who are like, hey, you know, watch, keep an eye on that because hmm. they miss Bienemy desperately for a lot of reasons. I wonder if the Chiefs would literally pay him like a head coach to come back there and be the offensive coordinator next year, but. For now, maybe he'll um, be the yeah, Bears' offensive fun, coordinator right? next year. He could be. I mean, I, I think at this point, look, I have advocated for years. I think he should be a head coach. On to the juncture now. I don't think he's ever going to be a head coach, or at least not in the near future. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be in the cards for for whatever the reason. But man, if you're him and you can't get a head coaching job, I mean, if you're the enemy, you just went to a four and what is currently four and twelve season with Washington, which has been miserable. And the Chiefs, I mean, Mahomes would Mahomes would pick him up at the tarmac at this point to get him back in the building. So I do wonder if there's a, a reunion at some point with Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, and I and I don't know that they would necessarily care. Um, yeah, at least in Kansas City, anyway. How Matt Nagy feels about it because it has not gone smoothly. Matt Nagy was like the 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 frustration and anger from Bears fans. I I don't think it's ever been to that level for any Bears coach. Ever. And maybe because we're in the world of Twitter and online and social and all that. Yeah. But Bears fans do not like Matt Nagy. <laughs> like, at all. No, I, I think I think he, in Kansas City, 
he gets un- undue amounts of criticism because I think it's just the easy thing to do instead of being like, well, actually, it's because Sky Moore can't play football and Kadarius Tony doesn't know how to line up and Marcus Valdez-Scantling at this point is just running cardio for, for three hours every game. Like, that's the actual problem. But, again, to the point, like, Nagy has one job in Kansas City. Install the offense that Andy Reid gives you every week. Install the game plan and have these guys prepared. And I, I will say, and I'll say it again, I have never in my life seen a more unprepared football team on offense. Defensively, they're very prepared on offense than this football team. I mean, they, they literally don't know where to line up. If you go back and watch their game on Christmas against the Raiders, Mahomes is screaming at the receivers the entire game, telling them where to line up. They have just no clue. They have no idea what they're doing. And they, they blew four or five timeouts in that game just because they had no idea what the alignment was or they couldn't get the play in on time. I mean, let's put it this way. Um, if the idea is that Matt Nagy is the head coach waiting in Kansas City, don't think that's going to go over well with Chiefs fans. Ugh. Don't think that's going to be uh, well received. And I think that kind of was the plan. I don't know if it's still going to be after that. Oh, I'm not one of those guys that roots against the team that always wins. You know, like I think when you start to see teams like the, the Patriots forever, now the Chiefs, a lot of people kind of turn on those teams, right? You want to see those teams. Some people are like, no, nah, I don't want to see them keep. I'm the opposite. Like I love seeing this greatness unfold. No, not so much when the Bears are playing these teams and all of that. And you'd like to see that, you know, like everybody would want to see their own team be in that position. But respect the greatness. Watching Mahomes this year, there have been so many times, Matt, where I'm like, I feel for this dude. I feel whether it's the offensive line letting him down or him literally hitting receivers in the face mask going through their hands, it's painful to watch. I mean, this Mahomes might go down as the greatest ever. Appreciate it. Don't hate it. And it, it to me, it's been painful at times because the Chiefs, I feel like, are a prime time every single week, which they should be. Um, and I've seen a ton of the Chiefs play this year. It has been painful to watch at times. And this is coming from a guy who kind of, I'm kind of rooting to see how many Super Bowls Mahomes can stack up. I want to see great games. It's not like I want to see them roll everybody. But uh, I try to appreciate the greatness when it's happening and unfolding. And it has been painful to watch at times, this this Chiefs team. And and all of that being said, you know, going back to our early conversation about elite quarterbacks and all of that, they're what, ten and six, and this is a down year for the Chiefs? Yep. That's how good Mahomes is. I mean, the funny thing is with them, like right now, would I pick them to go to the Super Bowl? No. At the same point, I don't think too many teams are lining up to no. face them in January. Nobody wants to play you know, KC I mean, in the playoffs. Nobody. You know, I'll tell you, it was funny. I was talking to somebody the other day. We were just going through different potential scenarios for the playoffs. I said, you know, there's a real, real world here where the divisional round of the playoffs is Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore, <laughs> Browns-Ravens. you got the Rams going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. You've got the Eagles going to Dallas for the trilogy there. So you'd have three divisional matchups. And then the other game, the other, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, this game too. Kansas City at Buffalo, where anything is possible. Like any po- I mean, every time those teams get together, it's a circus. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's one of those things. I know it sounds weird because I, I have a lot of respect for Baltimore. To me, whoever won that game would go to the Super Bowl. Because I just think whoever won it would walk out of it like, we're not going to lose now. I, we're just, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, I... You know, Kansas City has respect for Buffalo. I just think Baltimore, like, can you 
can you score enough in the playoffs? I know they've been great in the regular season, but I've also seen this movie with them. But can you, in the playoffs, light somebody up? Now, I'd have more confidence in them, ironically, against Buffalo and Kansas City just because of the defenses. But I look at I look at Kansas City and Buffalo the same way. I think either one of them could lose in the wild card round. I think either one of them could win the Super Bowl. I don't know. The, I wouldn't pick either one of them to win the Super yeah. Bowl. But if they're if they're sitting there raising a Lombardi in a month, I'd be like, yeah, I got not shocked. I could see it happening. So yeah. it's a wide open year in the NFL, unlike a lot of years. It is uh, a ton of fun as always. Matt Verderam on the record. He is team trade Justin Fields confirmed. Yes. Matt, great perspective. I knew you'd bring a different angle to the podcast. Great talking Bears and NFL with you. Follow Matt on Twitter, Matt, with two Ts, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E, and read his stuff at Sports Illustrated as well. Matt, appreciate you jumping on. Enjoy the weekend of football. You too, KP, anytime. And that was episode 81 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast, all brought to you by our local Chevy dealers, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Justin Fields Drives. Thanks again to Matt Verderam for joining me, and thanks to Ernie Scanton for his help producing the podcast. Thank you for listening. This was episode 81 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.